This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. And a huge thank you to uh, recent donors. They include Clazel G, Andres G, Jolene R, Douglas P, and James B. Thank you so much Thanks, guys. for donating. Actually, at the top of the show, before I forget, yes. um, if you are interested in buying any uh, Friendly Atheist Podcast merch... Which you, you are. Which you are. Uh, you can go to friendlyantheistpodcast.com, click on the store button, and we've got, you know, about a dozen things. We've got two different logos. One's with just the A with the, like, our little logo, and one has all of the words in case you really want to wear the word atheist in public and get the weird looks. <laughs> but yeah, go on, check it out. Um, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think you'll like it. stuff there's, there. There's a baby onesie in case you need to identify. Hey, Daddy, could you fucking chill for a second? <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, go there. We got some good stuff. And yeah, I just want to make sure you got that in because awesome. I didn't write it down. It's all good. Um, and I'm going to take a second to say I'm going to be in the New York Times tomorrow. What? What am I doing? What? What did I do? I wrote a crossword puzzle. They finally accepted you did it. it. It's in there Saturday. So it'll be available online and on the app Friday night, which is tonight. So 2020 go play is like it. the best year ever for Dude, you so far. It's, it's been a good run of weeks. Oh but, my uh, God. Yeah. Evan has been talking to me about this genuinely like for years. Well, they've rejected me many times. And he tells me every time they reject <laughs> him. But this time they said yes. And like, it's, it was cool this week to see, I've, I've seen what the final product looks like uh-huh. and how they edited it from what I submitted. And they said yes to, which that's what they do. They, they're like, yeah, your puzzle's fine. We're going to take some liberties with the clues and fix sure, them up. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but for the most part, they left in the stuff I liked in terms of clues. Yeah. And it's a Saturday puzzle, which means it's a hard one. Mm. So good luck. I hope I break all of your streaks. Yeah, I'm going to work on it tomorrow. And uh, if you have to have a subscription to the crossword to play it on the <sighs> app or online, but uh, you can pick up a paper tomorrow, do it, or mm. um, play the mini crossword. That's still fun. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, join Hammett and I. We, we played the mini crossword puzzle every day, and I've beaten him twice and tweeted mean things about him both times. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I'm excited about that. That'll be fun. Um, let's, I'm really excited. I'm really happy for thank you. Thank you. Um, we'll see how many nasty comments I get when people are like, <laughs> I don't like this clue slash word slash whatever they want to complain about. I mean, I would put your phone on silent because I'm going to be blowing your shit up oh, all thank day. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, asking for hints. <laughs> let's. <laughs> you're getting nothing. <laughs> Let's let's start with the Trump prayer breakfast thing, because he did this the day after he got not impeached. But OK, National Prayer Breakfast is this Christian right gathering. They mm-hmm. do it. They've done it for a while now. It's like a focus on the family event or at least run did by Obama some of the same people. He did. He attended okay. every time. It was always frustrating that he yeah. attended because it's not really about, hey, let's pray and let's right. invite some Muslims with us and some Hindu. No, it's, it's just very a, Christian. Focused. It's a conservative Christian event. Um, but if you don't go, there'll be hell to pay. So everyone goes. But like now they've just for, they've gotten rid of the facade of this is for everybody, even though Christians are running the show. Uh-huh. Now they're just like, no, it, it's only Christians matter. That's what this is right. all about. And so... Of course, Trump's speech was like, yeah, I know what you're really for. So I'm just going to pretend like he doesn't pretend like they're doing anything magnanimous. Right. He's just like, well, yeah, you're white Christians who are here for me. 
So I'll just play to that. So among the things he said in his speech, you had like Nancy Pelosi at one point, I believe she was there and she was saying she's praying for the president. She said that many times. Mm -hmm. You had Mitt Romney who voted to kick Trump out of office saying he was guided by his faith, which we'll talk about in a little bit as well. But you had Trump saying many things like, I don't like people who use their faith as justification for doing what they know is wrong. Which is literally what his base does every every time they open their mouth. He also says, nor do I like people who say, I pray for you, when they know that's not so. Which, again, that's what they do every time there's a Mm -hmm. gun death, any mass shooting. It's operating. thoughts and prayers. Right. (laughs) So, this idea, uh, oh, my favorite part is there was a Harvard professor, Arthur Brooks. He was kind of one of the warm-up acts before the president. And so not, I don't know his politics and stuff, but he gave a speech that was otherwise not newsworthy. Did he do like, who here's from out of town? Where are you from? One of those types of things. He asked at one point, he said like, prayer is good. And like, and he asked the audience at one point, you know, raise your hand if you love someone who, with whom you disagree politically. One of those like, hey, are you having a good time tonight? Everyone claps, right? So he asks, you know, do you love someone you disagree with? And of course, all the hands go up, even among the Republicans in this crowd. Guess who didn't raise his hand? Donald Trump. Donald J. Trump. And again... To be fair, it's a trick question because he doesn't love anybody. (laughs) Right. And vice versa, except for the people in this audience. But the whole point is, look, all the stuff they these Christians claim their faith is all about, like our faith is all about love. Donald Mm. Trump is like, no. (laughs) And they're like, this event is for people of all faiths. And he's, I think he said at one point, you know, uh, he's praying for, or he said something about Christians specifically. He didn't even bother with the Christians and Jews. Mm. And no, he didn't. He's just like, it's Christians. That's all that matters. Um, And none of them at this point, who put on this event, no one cares. No. No one has a problem Honestly, with it. Honestly, they probably don't even notice it. Like, I'm sure they don't. They're so, like, into their own shit that they don't notice, like, oh, we didn't mention anybody who's not Christian. Right. Um, and uh, along the same lines, I want to talk about the Mitt Romney thing, because when he voted against Trump, which, look, there's so much to that he's awful about. And like for two minutes, he did the right thing. It's like when Susan Collins voted against repealing Obamacare. It's like, that was the right move. I mean, that doesn't make up for 99% of the time when you're wrong about everything. But like, all right, for two minutes, I'll give you a high five or something. So Mitt Romney did the right thing for one minute, said a nice speech, Mm -hmm. and then he'll go back to doing whatever Trump wants. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that was kind of hilarious is that Mitt Romney, during the speech saying, here's why I'm voting to kick Trump out of office, Mm -hmm. he mentions a lot about how he's guided by his faith to do the right thing, which makes it sound like if he weren't a Mormon, he would suddenly do all the wrong things. Like, I don't appreciate that insinuation. And also, that's not new. We hear that all the time. If, like, my my faith tells me I shouldn't murder people, I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I got a story about that later. Do not lose the faith, sir. Yeah. Yeah, you don't lose your faith because apparently you're too weak to get by without it. Right. But on Fox News, of course, on Fox and Friends, Brian Kilmeade blasted Romney for mentioning religion as the justification for his vote. Here's Kilmeade, one of the Fox News hosts. Please, please don't bring religion into this to Mitt (laughs) Romney. 
For him to bring religion into this has nothing to do with religion. My faith makes me do this? Are you kidding? What about your faith and this case meld together? I mean, that is unbelievable for him to bring religion into this. You're fucking lying to me. Dude. Are you sure that wasn't satire? That is Brian Kilmeade, who should be satire, but is not. Holy shit. (laughs) That is impressive. The one time you will ever hear someone on Fox say, you brought religion into this conversation Mm. about something important? I wonder Why would you do that? Here's my question. Do you think if he was Christian, he would say the same thing? If it were a progressive Christian or a Democrat saying like, you know, I'm guided by my faith to help women and that's why I support abortion rights. Of course, they would say the exact same thing. Like, you should never bring religion into politics. What are you doing? Brother. Um, It only, religion is only bad when it goes against conservative policies. Correct. That's the principle at play here. Um, And by the way, like, this is... The day before Kilmeade said that, one of his co-hosts, Ainsley Earhart, she herself cited Christianity in defense of Trump. I think she was talking to uh, Mike Pence and she was saying, you know, many people I I always hear are so proud of your boldness for Christ. You know, what is happening to our country? Where do we go from here? People are looking to you, Mike Pence, as a leader to help us. No one had any problem in the Fox News set when she cited religion and Mike Pence's Christian faith in defense of, I don't know, kidnapping refugee children and putting them in cages. Sure. But when Mitt Romney says, you know, my religion teaches me to do the right thing and that's why Donald Trump's crimes should be punished. Mm -hmm. They're like, how could you? There is separation of church and state in this country. My God. It's almost impressive. (laughs) Like they, the only people who don't watch Fox News are the Fox News people. Like, they don't want to hear them as much as we don't want to hear them. Yeah. It's impressive. God. Um, can we talk about the Super Bowl? Oh, yes. I know it was a week ago, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it, oh, so we Sunday. need to talk about it. Um, so I did not watch the Super Bowl. In fact, I saw a Steppenwolf show because I'm a pretentious douchebag, but it's called <laughs> Bug at Steppenwolf, and if you can if you can make it, Carrie Coon is incredible. It's very, very good and like really fucking mind-blowing. But the one thing I do watch in the Super Bowl usually is the halftime show. Usually if it's somebody I like or just generally a woman. Um, so like the Beyonce halftime show from like 2012, I've genuinely probably seen. Is that 2012? I think so. No way. Uh, I was when I was working on the Tribune. That, that yeah. was recent. No. All right. Keep um, talking. Genuinely, I've probably watched that 30 times. I love it so much. So the morning after I uh, watched the uh, J-Lo and Shakira um, um, uh, halftime show, and it was incredible like it was extremely good was i right it was 2013 but yes closer than i thought it was um so i loved it most people i knew loved it um a lot of dudes were threatened by it like turns (laughs) out men do not like women expressing their sexuality unless they are like specifically like Cline it out of them because it was very much like the- I'm so curious what people thought they were gonna get when With they JLo and Shakira, yeah. What yeah. else would it be? Of course, they're gonna dance, and of course, if you know anything about their music and their music videos, like right. you know what the halftime show's gonna look like. Well, and I would say the same thing happened in 2013 with Beyonce because I think I wrote an article for the Friendly Atheist uh-huh. website about it, about how like. Beyonce like ruined men's chastity or something like that. She and did, she did. something about it makes me think that perhaps 
men are threatened by women of color being strong and independent. I don't know, because I'd have to say, like, in one when Janet Jackson had her shirt ripped off, so she didn't do anything, but um, Justin Justin Timberlake ripped her shirt off exposed her breast for like um like second maybe half a second uh-huh. and her career was almost ruined by it and nobody said shit to Justin Timberlake so i'm just noticing a pattern it only has 3 data points and i'm sure i can't find anything <laughs> else that lines up with that i love how none of the people all the people who complained about this year's halftime show had nothing bad to say when adam levine was dancing last year uh-huh Oh, yeah. And, and like, it's not just men. It's white women as well. Like, <laughs> all y'all are fucked. Oh, um, there's so, so many complaints about this show. So do you have the right wing watch guy? Oh, oh I got plenty of them. Okay. Let's start with this one. The okay. Christian mom group. Oh, yeah. And by mom, I mean, like, the one mom. Um, one million moms, which is one mom, started a petition to complain about Jennifer Lopez's, and I'm quoting here, glitter maxi pad (laughs) they have a petition that says how are children supposed to learn about respect and dignity when this is what they see on the world's biggest stage these are the same people who support trump in everything he does uh they also said (sighs) children were shown in lit silhouette cages is it too much to ask for the super bowl entertainment that super bowl entertainment be suitable for fans of all ages these are the same people who are like, shithole countries, we're fine with them. Yeah, and also... Grabbing I, women by the pussy? Yeah, that's our president. Relax. And, and sort of on like a similar but different tract, um, football, I would argue, is getting to the point that it's like almost morally indefensible. We're watching young men, mostly men of color, giving themselves permanent brain damage for our entertainment. I, it, it reads very like Roman Coliseum to me at this point, <laughs> now that we know the science behind yeah, it. Yeah, it is but, amazing that anyone can watch football and be like, the most disturbing thing yeah, on the field is the halftime this was show. The morally unfair Not the thing. concussions and the CTE. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Um, Dave Dobbenmeyer, who's a right-wing yes. coach, pundit, dude, like he had a guy. lot to say about It's been all week. This is all he's been talking about. He says, I think we ought to sue. Were there any warnings that your 12-year-old son, whose hormones are just starting to operate, was there any warning that what he was going to see might cause him to get sexually excited? No, I've never been like a teenage boy, but I would argue probably everything gets them sexually excited. That is true. (laughs) And I'm just wondering, like, no, any person who sees the halftime show and gets around, like... Have these people, do these people know that 12 year old boys have access to computers? Well, and also, like, there's no way the halftime show was the most titillating thing they've ever seen. Here's the thing Have you seen what, like, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders wear? Right. These people don't complain about cheerleaders in general. No, no, the halftime show. Mm -mm. Um, By the way, then he did say, I'm, he, he, I don't have this in front of me, but he did say, I'm totally gonna sue for like $38 trillion. I'm not joking about the trillion. I don't know who he's gonna sue. Um, I don't know why he thinks he'll get away with... Oh, I'm sorry. He added that he wanted to sue for $867 trillion. What is that number? It's a very specific You're asking me for a reason, and I have no reason. There's no reason. But this is really good. Quote, I think we should go sit down in a courtroom and present this as evidence of how whoever put on the halftime show is keeping me from getting into the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) Could I go into a courtroom and say... Viewing what you put on screen put me in danger of hellfire. Could the court say that doesn't apply here because the right to produce porn overrides your right not to watch it? Yeah, well, you didn't tell me I was going to watch it. You brought it into my living room. You 
didn't tell me there was going to be crotch shots. <laughs> Imagine, like, the halftime show comes on your TV and you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to get into heaven. I must change the channel. Can't but I can't look away. Yeah. Hypnotized by her <laughs> hips. They do not lie. Um, they can't handle anything that doesn't lie at this point. <laughs> One of my favorite things is they took a free... Like, this is so typical of, like the the um, conservative right's ability to like zero in on the worst possible thing and take it out of context because there's a cl- there's a still frame that you keep seeing and it looks like Jennifer Lopez is like touching her own vagina. Okay. If you watch it in context, she's doing a knee slide across the stage and like is just moving her hand and it just like <laughs> hovers there briefly and they're like, see. We're damned for hellfire. Um, do you have any other hot takes? Oh, I have, oh, some I have another okay. hot take. Franklin Graham, the evangelist, uh, who we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. He also said, you know, I don't expect the world to act like the church, but our country has had a sense of moral decency on primetime television in order to protect children. This exhibition was Pepsi showing young girls that sexual exploitation of women is okay. This guy has no idea what sexual exploitation is. No. Two women who choose to dance and yeah. choose to dress however they want yeah. is not exploitation. Yeah. And again, this is where he didn't complain about cheerleaders in general. He didn't complain about last year's. I don't remember. Maybe he did. Who yeah. Knows? But this is not sexual exploitation. No, no, not at all. Um, I actually actually go through any other hot takes because I want to talk a little it. bit about Okay. Um, so, For the halftime show. Um, one of the reasons I asked us to bump this is because um, I started doing a lot of research on the dances specifically that um, that Shakira was doing. Yeah. Um, because, so I, I have a background in dance. I danced ballet for a very, very long time. I was a, I have an incomplete minor in dance from Ball State <laughs> University. It's true. <laughs> Um, anyway. It's the least brown thing I've ever heard. Um, how about that I took a clog dancing class and still could probably do it pretty fucking good. Okay, you win. Clog dancing is dope. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there is a, um, a very long history in the, in the world and certainly in my personal experience of whatever dance you do is sexualized. So no matter what. Um, no matter, like, because generally uh, dancewear is very form-fitting, very tight, because you can't have shit in your way. You're busy dancing. Um, and so from a very early age, I was used to being sexualized by men who saw me in, like, a leotard and pants or something like that. And it was like, ooh. Um, and that's something we kind of see through throughout, across cultures and across ages, which is really unfortunate because it's just something like anytime a, a woman is very flexible and can do kind of like a devil pay, like a, like have her leg up here by her ear. Okay. It's like, oh, no. like uh, we're very used to hearing that from, from men. Cause men are trash. Um, now specifically I want to get into, uh, what Shakira, uh, what Shakira kind of brought to the table. So she's Lebanese and oh, fuck it, Lebanese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lebanese and Colombian. Um, the Middle East and South America are two places where um, dance has always been used. And I mean, it's across the world, but specifically in these two regions, dance has always been used as a celebration and as a um, like a, a, I mean, a celebration and a, a, an expression of joy. Um, and when it was brought into sort of more white traditional Western culture, um, has been like 
just overtly sexualized. So, for example, um, belly dancing is, um, it's a Middle Eastern folk dance. It's extremely difficult to do, and Shakira is singularly very, very good at it. And it necessitates, basically, your midriff is bare, so you can see, like, how her hips and her ribcage move. It's not necessarily intended to be sexual, but, like, as it was westernized, now we see belly dancing as a very, like, sexy dance. It really doesn't have that background. Um, I also want to talk about uh, the Zagruda. So this is probably something you're more familiar with me. So at one point, she does this this yell, and she kind of does it right into the, um, right into the, the camera. camera. Yeah. Um, and it's, a like, a trilling call that... Her tongue heard, is out, yeah. and she... Can you do it? No. Okay, I can't either. I wasn't going to try, because that would be horrible um but it's something as somebody who grew up around a lot of like a huge indian um first generation american population heard all the time at graduations and proms and and things like that it's a yell of happiness it's traditionally done by women when i've seen it usually women cover their mouths when they do it um because it is sort of striking looking but it was another thing that like was a an expression of joy that she was bringing that white people weren't necessarily familiar with, and everyone's like, sex, I guess." <laughs> um, so th- uh, the the champetta is another one. It was a Colombian folk dance. It's when she. It's kind of you see a lot of elements of like what we see now in step dancing and and hip hop, like really complicated footwork. That was another really dope thing. That's not necessarily sexualized. I just wanted to bring it up because it was really fucking cool. And finally, um, the did you notice? The, did you watch the show? Yeah. Okay. Um, did you notice the kids in cages statement? Yeah. I thought that was incredible. And one when, of them was J-Lo's daughter. I was just about to say, she sang with her daughter, which was really fucking dope. Anyway, what I want to say, what, the reason I bring all this up is it's particular interest of me that, um, that women can do things that are perceived to be sexy without being overtly sexual. And if, you know, even, even if they are, that is how they are choosing to express themselves. And it isn't necessarily like a woman expressing sexuality in any kind of way isn't necessarily dirty and isn't necessarily like going to curse the watcher into hellfire. Well, the existence of women is a threat to these people. And also, God damn, they look so fucking good. They're both, JLo's 50. She's, uh, Shakira's 42. They both have had human children grown in their bodies. (laughs) They are incredible. And, there, I, I don't know. I I loved it. I tried to watch it while I was doing research, but I kept like staring at my phone <laughs> instead of typing things. Anyway, I really liked it. I really enjoyed how angry it made white people. That's <laughs> sort of my favorite thing about life. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about dance history because you know that incomplete dance minor isn't going to use itself. Right. Uh, along the same lines of what we were talking earlier with the murdering. Um, there is a Christian. Wait, when were we talking about murdering? I'm sure we were. There was a there's a Christian conspiracy theorist, Rodney Howard Brown, mm-hmm. who pops up every now and then. He's the guy probably most infamous for. Uh, there was a viral video in which he was leading a service and he was speaking in tongues and checking his phone mm. while speaking in tongues. This is that him. guy. But he said during a recent sermon, "I'm gonna. I'm just gonna read you what he said." So I said to the guy, I said, you say that I'm not a Christian? I said, how do you, how'd you come up with that? Let me tell you how much of a believer I am. Because he's very offended by sure. this man calling him not a Christian. This real man that definitely wasn't made totally up. Totally real device, person real with human no person. Name. But yeah, Howard Brown basically says he's very offended by this man questioning his Christianity. So he says to him, I am so much of a believer today that if I wasn't, 
I would reach across, and I'm talking quietly, very quietly. I said, I would reach across the table right now, and I would put you in your bowl of cereal till you drowned. What is Which the is scenario murder that he's... If I wasn't a Christian. Yeah, people like that should so, probably hold on to their religion pretty So he tight. would murder the man for questioning him. Yeah. But God is holding him back, which makes you think, well, I'm glad you're brainwashed because if you ever allowed yourself to question God, yeah. you don't even have to become an atheist. But even if you have doubts, apparently you're going to go on a murder spree. And what is this scenario like, is that, that a, he's sitting across from somebody who's eating cereal? I have who's no idea. His I have like, no conversations with anybody when I'm eating cereal. No, absolutely not. Um. But yeah, like, tell me, who's more ethical? The people who are like, I can't murder you. God would be upset. Yeah. Or the people who are like, I won't murder you because that's just wrong. It doesn't matter what I believe. (sighs) This guy would murder everybody if not for his delusions. And he's the guy with the church. Which is weird because, like, that is just one weird hallucination away from, like, becoming the BTK killer. (laughs) Right. BTK killer was not Um, religious. BTK, isn't that the super group? What? I don't know. BTK's no, Bind Torture. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Backstreet Boys? No. What is BTK? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure this got racist very fast. Let's talk about Franklin Graham. Franklin Graham, who is also so mad Sam about would have been a better pull for that. He was more inspired by religion and sure. hallucinations. I just wanted to make sure people knew. Which I know that BTK we wasn't about. religiously motivated. He was just a dickbag. Got it. So Franklin Graham... Uh, the evangelist again. Bless his heart. <laughs> who's still mad about the halftime show. He is planning to go on this tour of the UK uh, this summer. So, of course, he's lining up venues. I believe he had seven venues booked across the UK and one that had yet to be booked. Mm-hmm. All eight of them have said, you cannot come here anymore because we just found out what the hell you talk about. Mm-hmm. And it's not that he talks about Christianity. It's that, among other things, he says homosexuality is a sin, that Satan created same-sex marriage, that the existence of gay people amounts to a, quote, moral 9-11, that gay people are the enemy of civilization, and that gay... Oh, civilization writ large? Cool. And that gay conversion torture is the best. So all of them are like, you can't be here. We're a private venue. We can do what we want. And we're saying, yeah, no. Here's the question. Are they breaking their contract? Because Franklin Graham says they've broken their contracts. I'm going to sue them all. Whereas I think they would know better in terms of like, they're not just willy nilly saying no to him. I'm sure there's a clause in the contract that says if you breach some sort of like hate speech law or like not hate speech law, but if we find out that you've done something really bad. That you're deeply uncool. We can say no to you. We don't have to participate in the spread of your bigotry. And of course, Franklin Graham is spinning this as if they're all unchristian. Sure. They just hate God. Mm-hmm. They hate Christianity. You know, England that has a national religion <laughs> hates Christianity. Right. Um, and all of them are very subdued. All the arenas are very subdued and just saying like, he will no longer be coming here. Arenas feels generous. It, does they, he really have arenas lined up? He can. I mean, his dad did, but his dad was a better person than yeah. he is. Like, is he playing like the, the Royal Albert Jews Hall thing. or something like that? But no, they got some venues. I mean, they got they got at least large concert halls, hmm. like where bands would play. They're That's not cool. small places, but they've all said no to him, and he's very, very mad about this. Yeah. And it's only starting. Like, he hasn't filed any lawsuits, but he says he will. Well, it's his God-given right as a 
uh, citizen of the British crown, <laughs> that he gets to go wherever he wants and say whatever he wants yeah. without uh, repercussions. Right. And one last story along the same lines of people who are just batshit insane. We keep saying things like Trump is leading a cult mm-hmm. and that the whole MAGA thing is a cult. Correct. Well, here's a perfect example of that. There's another right-wing host. His name is Chris McDonald. He does this low-budget TV show um, on streaming something something. Mm-hmm. But one of his guests was on the show. I don't know the guest's name, but McDonald is going along with everything the guest is saying. They're, they're, they agree with everything. But one of them was saying, he threw out a hypothetical. What if Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. was running against Donald Trump in the election? Jesus Christ, in this case, being a Democrat. A socialist, I would argue. (laughs) Right? Uh, Here's what the guest said. You could put Jesus Christ up in the Democratic Party, and he's losing this election because that's how important what Donald Trump has done for us in the economy. Wait, blah, blah, blah. What? Yeah, I don't want to take a chance on Jesus. Hell no. I'm going to go over here with Donald Trump because he's a known factor. And McDonald goes along with all of this. Oh my God. Who like, is this guy? Uh, this is crazy Christian right wing zealot dude who got an audience and the host is like, yeah, totally makes sense. Again, the whole premise of the white evangelical bases shtick has always been we're all about Jesus and we like Trump because he supports the stuff that Jesus supports, even if but he's crude. Worship. Jesus. They suppose they say they worship Jesus, but they don't. They worship Trump, and Jesus to me is the cover story that they use to get away with it huh. because some people are dumb enough to fall for this whole ruse. Yeah. But this guy's like, oh no, I'm picking Trump over Jesus in a heartbeat because, like, Jesus, who knows if he's going to turn super liberal? Like, no, Jesus is done. The stories are already written. Trump lies all the time, and these people are like, no, he speaks the truth to us. Mm-hmm. Like, they're the only people who don't know he's lying to them all right. the time. Um, Jesus, some, Trump is the leader of their cult. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the expendable dude. That is buck wild. I cannot believe that. Like, they're just confirming everything all the critics have been saying about white evangelical Christians for years now which is they don't actually care about religion or their faith or what they don't have any principles right they are just addicted to power uh-huh. Trump is willing to pretend they have it right so that he can stay in power like it's mutually beneficial to both groups right and they're all hurting everybody Cool. And like they're just now like just, Jesus would have wanted. They're just admitting it. And like you said, Jesus, if you want to argue it, he's a socialist. Yeah. He wants people to have food and he wants to help the poor. Yeah, and he, he wants chills to do with sex that. workers like all the time. Right. That's but these people want nothing that's to do pretty with fucking Jesus. Wild. At least at least they're admitting it. I mean, I guess. Is it I guess it does make me feel better when they say the quiet part out loud. Because yeah. like I mean, maybe everyone else will listen at some point. Yeah. I mean they haven't. But. Well, I mean, it just allows us to to be able to point to something and they can't say, well, that wasn't racist because I didn't say black people. Like when they're starting to yeah. say the words, they use it's all like, the code words and then right. it's never believable. This right. guy's just flat out saying, oh, no, I wouldn't vote for Jesus. Yeah. Like Trump is much more it's reliable than wild. Jesus. All right. Just admit you're part of a cult. Yeah. Um, so can we talk about Indiana? I have two stories from Indiana. Okay. 
Uh, you want the good one or the bad one first? The good one. Oh, okay. Um, so the ACLU uh, held their first ever LGBTQ day at the Indiana State House. Oh. Um, Indiana is where I went to college. It, it is the state that bore Mike Pence. Thanks, Indiana. So those are sort of the two people who have been educated by the, <laughs> by <laughs> the Indiana system. That's it. No one system. else is from Indiana. Just the only two remarkable people who came out of there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pete Buttigieg is mad at you. That's fine. So is, uh, I was going to say Jay Leno. It's not Jay Leno. It's the other one, <laughs> David Letterman. <laughs> we, have a, we have a building named after him. Yes. Um, anyway, I really liked that building because it meant I could go from the cafeteria to where my English classes were without going outside, which is like clutch in nice. Indiana winters. Yeah, anyway. Um, so the, uh, so I, this is on this past Monday. Um, they said it was, uh, the ACLU said it was a chance for, to tell legislators that all Hoosiers needed to be included in We the People. Um, Senator J.D. Ford, who is a Democrat and recommends, re- represents part of Boone, Hamilton, Marion County, so like kind of north, uh, northeast of downtown Indianapolis, um, He's also the the first openly gay person elected to the Indiana State Legislature. He said, quote, we've got to keep fighting. You can get married over the weekend, be terminated from your job Monday, simply because of who you are and who you love. Yeah. Indiana's laws still suck, but... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And Um, again, this isn't some legal victory or anything. You can rent out the space or uh, request the space in advance, and the ACLU got it. But it is kind of a fuck you, Indiana, to have LGBTQ Day in front of the state house. Yeah, um, just to just to show people you exist, even in Indiana. Yeah, and I love this because I feel like Indiana has a frankly well earned reputation of being sort of a homophobic whites only kind of place. Yeah. But you know, I went to college there, so obviously I lived in a college town. And so my memories of Indiana are much more inclusive and much more diverse than than what is generally portrayed. So it's nice to see this side of of, you know, a state that has plenty of issues. My brother has argued with me that Indiana is probably the worst state in the union. It's sometimes hard to disagree with that. But if you like corn, there's always Indiana. There you go. Um, But the bad news so this is um, an interesting story that came out because it's kind of um, uh, it's reaching across the aisle, which is unusual for us in general and Indiana specifically. Um, so Senator Ron Alting, uh, who's a Republican, um, put forward a bill that would require employers to um, provide reasonable accommodations to pregnant women. That sounds so, nice. So that would include more frequent or longer breaks, unpaid t- unpaid time off work f- to recover from childbirth. Thanks, Indiana. A temporary transfer to a less strenuous or hazardous position, work time for expressing breast milk, a private non-bathroom space for expressing breast milk, and uh, assistance with physical or manual labor. So like the bare minimum to treat pregnant women with some dignity yeah. while they're working. hmm that seems at least kind of reasonable, even if it doesn't go far enough. Um, Altine had a pretty strong quote. Um, We're not asking you to build a daycare. We're not asking you to build out a room so a mother can get her breast milk. We're not, ask- we're not asking you to bring in beds from a fancy furniture store for accommodations. We're asking for reasonable accommodations. Hello? What am I missing there? Which I was... I mean, yeah. Um but this past Monday, uh, Senator Andy Zay, uh, who's a Republican, introduced an amendment that deleted all of that language from the bill and replaced it with um, 
and replaced it with an urging to create a committee to, quote, study pregnancy and childbirth accommodations and the fiscal impact on businesses within Indiana. So they're afraid, So another like, Republican said, I'm going to modify your bill. To do none of those things. Yeah. And he just crossed out everything and mm-hmm. said, let's maybe let's think about it. Because they're really afraid that, like, giving a woman a room that isn't a bathroom to pump is going to, what, bankrupt their company? Yeah, I mean, if your small business can't accommodate bare minimum a pregnant employee, then maybe your business sucks, and I don't feel bad if it goes out of business. Like, what are you trying to prevent here? Yeah. Um, I never understand, like, oh, no, if we have a minimum wage increase, it's going to hurt small businesses. But if your small business is throwing the bare minimum at employees so that they can't even make do and they're barely above the poverty line or yeah. something, you're, like your business sucks and you, you suck as you an employee. You do not have a constitutional right to own a business. If you cannot <laughs> right. keep your business afloat while providing like basic basic things. needs for your employees, then you deserve not to exist. Like that's... I thought that was like how the economy was, the free market economy was supposed to work. Like if you can't make your business work by paying people fair wages and giving women fucking 15 minutes a day to like go pump, I don't know what to fucking tell you, my dude. Like maybe do better. By the way, that revision passed 34 to 15 and only a couple of Republicans said maybe we, the original was all right. Yeah. Um, this is, and I want to be very clear that one, two, three men have I, er, three uh, representatives have I quoted all three men. Um, but Senator Greg Tyler, who's a Democrat from Indianapolis, said, I don't know what it's going to take for us to recognize how important it is for people who are pregnant to get accommodations. I bet if there was a whole bunch of men who, who could get pregnant, this bill would have ca- passed through quick. We should be ashamed if we pass this amendment. And then they pass the amendment. And then they hella pass the amendment. Shame is what they do. Yeah, anyway. Jeez. How desperate. <sighs> Let's talk about this four-year-old, because this is a sad story. Fuck, this is rough. Okay, here's the gist of it. Um, there was a four-year-old boy. He died of the flu. Mm-hmm. And what makes that even worse, because it shouldn't be worse, is that his mother could have helped her son. Mm-hmm. She chose not to because she was part of an anti-vax Facebook group, and she asked everybody for help. Basically, she wrote... In the Facebook group, like my son, who had not been diagnosed with the flu, she said he has a fever and he had a seizure and the doctor prescribed Tamiflu, which is the antiviral medication. So that would have been fine. Yeah. And she said she's using natural cures for all four of her kids. And that includes peppermint oil and vitamin C and lavender and guess what? None of them are working. Hey, anti-vax group, do you got better advice for me? And what advice did she get? Not go get your son a flu go shot. To the give him Tamiflu. No, they said, you know what you should try? Breast milk, thyme, elderberry. Oh, elderberry. Elderberry. And she said, perfect. I'll try that. Now her four year old is dead. And now the question is can you charge this woman yes. with homicide? Yes. And my Negligent fear. Homicide, at least. My, my concern. Negligent. I don't know, but here's the question. Is she a victim or is she the murderer? Because her defense lawyer, whoever it may be, could argue, look, she was just taking the advice of these idiots and she's the real victim in all this. I don't know how that's going to play out. 
But the end of the story is still a four-year-old died because his anti-vax mother listened to the dumbest people on the internet and didn't listen to the people who actually know what they're talking about. Negligent homicide is a crime charge brought against a person who, through criminal negligence, allows another person to die. Tell me which part of that does not apply to her. Because her lawyer will still say she's a victim, she didn't want to kill somebody, and therefore negligence... Yeah, that's why it's negligence and not, like, first-degree hom... Like, it's manslaughter. I mean, so, I, I wish... I hope you're right. I hope she's punished I'm be for right. it. I'm going and to law school right now. I hope her right kids now. are taken away from her so she doesn't hurt them, too. But again, if you're a parent who's like, I'm going to listen to the anti-vax but people, it's you not should like, be punished. But that's bullshit, because she if she has access to this garbage Facebook group, she has access to fucking Google. She does. Like, just because she By the chose- way, keep in mind, Facebook is totally allowing this group to just keep I mean, that's existing, which is that's another, another story for another day. Facebook could shut it down in a heartbeat, and oh. it's not going to stop these people from their conspiracy theories, no. but it would make it harder for them to discuss stuff. So Facebook, also the problem here. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's a lot of problems, but what it, what it comes down to is it's not like this woman grew up in this sheltered environment where she only had access to one source of information. If you exist as a human being... You have access to the internet. You have access to... She has access to doctors. She went to a doctor who prescribed her something. And she chose not to listen to it. It's her fucking fault. And I will not hear a word I, to, to protect her. I don't her. disagree. I hope she's punished. I hope that's the case. I just hope she can't get away with it. I'm afraid they will, because these people always find a way Where to get away with this Where did this take place in? I need to go look that up. I'm not yeah, sure. I don't remember looking. But, like, it's... I mean, it's America, right? Uh, I assume it is. I'll go find out. But yeah, it's it's a disturbing story. Yeah, it's uh, and it's. I mean, it's sad all around. Like and, Colorado, and they, Colorado. Well, I, further from Florida than I expected. <laughs> it's just it's hard to hear the because I I feel like maybe just doing what we do, paying such close attention to these, we hear stories over and over and over again of children dying for no good reason. And sometimes that's through negligence and sometimes that's through like pastors beating the shit out of them, trying to get the devil out or whatever the fuck is going on. And if you want to make bad choices for yourself, that's one thing. But we live in a society where you cannot, it's very, very difficult to physically isolate yourself from other people. If you choose not to vaccinate, if you choose not to get flu shots, part like i get the idea of like well it's my choice it's my body but it's not just about you you interact with hundreds of people every day every week like this isn't about you this is about us trying to make sure people don't die needlessly in the wealthiest country in human history the country with the most scientific like there's no reason that people should should still be dying from the fucking flu if we have a fucking shot that protects people from it and not to say it's part, like, ugh, it's just, it's just really hard and sad and, like, just going through my daily life hearing people casually be anti-vaxxers and, and I'm not in a position to, like, yell at them as I want to do. It's just hard because we're all in this fucking thing together. Mm-hmm. And if I can't trust my neighbors to take care of their, themselves, then everything is for naught. Anyway, it's just like a kid died. That shouldn't have happened. I got nothing, man. You're right. I know. Um, I actually have a good story. Yay. Um, 
it's not really a story. It's a commercial, which is like fucking capitalist dystopia, but whatever. <laughs> um, so the UK released a, uh, a commercial uh, for Starbucks. Excuse me, Starbucks released a commercial in the UK. The UK did not generate this ad. Um, but And I would really recommend everyone um, go watch it. It's a 90-second spot, and it is um, a young trans boy. Looks like he's maybe like early teens, um, and the first minute of the of the commercial is him getting dead named, everybody calling him by, by his dead name. Um, and then he walks into it and it's like him struggling of what name to write places. And like, he's trying to fill out a, a form and like, what does he put as his first name? And then he walks into a Starbucks and they say, what's your name? And he says, James. And they were like, write James on the cup. And then they call it and like, they just, it's just a really sweet moment. And they don't of, question it. They, of course. Yes. They don't question it. And it's, conceivably his first opportunity to be called the name that he wants and by be used by his be be called by his preferred pronoun and it's very sweet and it it I was like crying because it had this article I read had a lot of people like talking about the first time they used their their new name the first time they like felt comfortable walking out in public and it's it's a very 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 sweet commercial and um, it made my heart feel warm. It's amazing that all it takes to do that is acknowledge that trans people exist. Yeah, show some basic human dignity, respect. Yeah, and this has been like a really fucking rough few months with the trans population. Just like. Some shit came out. Who was it? Oh, Bloomberg said some real bad trash, like back in '09, about trans people, and like it just sometimes my heart really, really aches, and it feels like we're never going to make progress. But like things like the and yes, it's a corporation. Yes, they're just trying to make money. But I will always say that, of course, Starbucks is just trying to tell, sell more coffee. That's their whole jam. But the fact that a huge corporation like Starbucks feels that there is value in spotlighting this marginalized community, I think speaks a lot to the direction we're going as a society. And that I think is cause for gentle optimism. I agree. That would, yeah, it's sad. What makes us happy these days? It takes so correct, but yes, but also like you need to cling to it with both hands because otherwise shit gets dark real fast. I agree. Ooh, I just hit the microphone with my wine glass. How dare you? I was cheersing the audience. I was cheersing our trans siblings. <laughs> uh, I got nothing else. We're mm. good. I have one more. Yeah. Another good news, actually. So in uh, 2019, um, Kentucky elected a, um, a Democratic governor. And um, since then, Planned Parenthood of Indiana, Kentucky, announced that its Louisville Center... Uh, this Louisville Planned Parenthood Center would now uh, uh, provide abortion services. Um, so they, Matt Bevan leaves office, and now things get somewhat better for mm-hmm. women, a yeah. little bit. Um, uh, Chris Carbonow, uh, he's the CEO of uh, PPINK, I assume Planned Parenthood of Indiana, Kentucky. Oh, yeah, Planned Parenthood of Indiana, Kentucky. Um, quote, Kentucky has gone from one abortion provider to two, which is a significant win for reproductive health in the state. Um, abortion access in Kentucky and across the country is at great risk. So while this is a step forward, the fight is far from over, um, et cetera, et cetera. So um, 
So yeah, it's oh, abortion was a controversial subject in the 2019 gubernatorial election when former Governor Bevin accused uh, current uh, Governor uh, Andy Bashir of quote making a deal with the devil to quote slaughter unborn children for political co- contribution. So that's cool. But anyway, the Louisville uh, Planned Parenthood is uh, is going to have access to abortion in March, so next month, which is extremely exciting. I like that race. I mean, this is 2019. It was the first big statewide race, contra- yeah. like a competitive statewide race in a relatively red state. Mm-hmm. Democrats came out. Mm-hmm. They elected a Democratic governor. Things are changing for the better. Yeah. Um, like, it can be that way. Yeah, I, I think it's if people so, get off their butts so, and vote so for the smart- easy to be jaded about politics. And there's many reasons to be jaded. And I do not, I, I, I don't blame anybody who like feels like shit about politics in general. I do almost all the time. Um, but it is important to highlight these moments because your local elections matter, your statewide elections matter. Like we know national politics matters, but that feels harder to wrap your arms around because you're, you know, it's such a small drop in that bucket. But if you're trying to make changes on, on the ground where you live, change can happen. It doesn't always happen. The, the good guys don't always win. But, um, but yeah, so um, last night, so I am um, uh, a precinct chairman in my, or, uh, in my uh, district. So that means essentially it's like um, going door to door the same way you would to like knock for a candidate, but you are just going to the Democrats in your neighborhood and giving them like a voting kit. So here's a sample ballot. Do you know where to vote? Just want to make sure you're going to vote. Um, and so I was at training for it last night and while we were, there was uh, five of us, I think, and then two, uh, instructors and they had MSNBC on in the background, like while we were all hanging out and, um, Chris, fuck, what's his name? Um, bef- he's on MSNBC before, um, Rachel Maddow. Chris Hayes. Chris Hayes. Thank you. Um, it was his show and he was showing, cl- and I've been really avoiding like I didn't watch the State of the Union. I didn't watch the prayer breakfast speech. I, I really genuinely try to avoid Trump at all costs because I find it really upsetting and I don't see any benefit to me like hearing his stupid voice. Um, and so Chris Hayes plays this clip of Trump pointing to some woman whom he endorsed and was literally like, yeah, I got a lot, like a bunch of pictures and I saw your face and I saw your name. And I was like, yeah, her like literally just endorsed a woman based on what she looked like and what her name was. And like everybody in the room was like actively cringing. And this woman next to me, like gently touches my shoulder and she's like, that's why we're doing what we're doing right now. (laughs) And it genuinely felt like an angel from above being like, it's okay, Jessica. (laughs) <laughs> don't be too depressed. Um, but, but yeah, so if you are looking for something small you can do in your community, look up your local democratic party. I, I did and don't I'm do getting more. And, yeah. Like just do something. I guarantee you will feel better by just like getting up and doing something. And it doesn't always feel big, but guess what? Like I make sure five more people on my block vote than would have otherwise. Right. And especially and, and, if you're in a swing state. Yeah. And encourage district. them to vote all the way down the ballot mm-hmm. because people will just go in and vote for like, you know, their presidential candidate and like submit that shit. Like, no, get, like 
you can make sure that these down ballot mm-hmm. races are are effective because that's what the GOP has been doing for years and years. They pour money into these down ballot things, and that's how we get this gerrymandering. That's how we get these like. Sp- I'm not surprised by this, but I was disturbed by how many Democrats that I know are like angry and upset over the Iowa stuff because like yeah they fucked up how they counted the votes and stuff but ultimately yeah the results came back and no one's really arguing about the results like Um, whatever but it's like yeah I mean I don't my candidates Warren she didn't totally dominate Iowa mm -hmm. okay next time she has other states but like I'll still vote for whoever I don't know what the argument here is I'm yeah I'm I I I've seen Democrats engaging in the same conspiracy theories. I'm used to hearing from Republicans after seeing the Iowa race is like, no, just people are dumb. They didn't know what they were people doing. People fuck up. Like, yeah, and, just, and I, they'll fix it. You don't need the answer today. It'll be fine. Yeah. Relax. Um, genuinely, I'm getting real like flashbacks to 2016 and how disheartened I was when when kind of Bernie supporters were so deeply anti-Hillary. Yeah. Um, and it and it's already feeling the same. And I literally got in a stupid Facebook argument with a woman who I went to high school with, who I don't talk See, this to. This is why you don't talk to people. But she How I live my like life. wrote this whole thing about like, oh, so everybody's so worried that um, Bernie supporters aren't going to support whoever the nominee is. That means you should just nominate. That means we should just back Bernie supporters and like <laughs> and I was just like are you fucking this is literally just people bullying like they're threatening to take their ball and go home if they don't get their way right. and understand if my candidate doesn't get picked I will take it out on refugees yeah. and understand and like I'm like you I'm a huge Warren supporter Bernie politically is absolutely my second choice but it's just so fucking exhausting to see this rhetoric over and over of like all these conspiracies against Bernie and the everybody's keeping Bernie down. And like, maybe it's just where <laughs> I live in my life, but fucking all I hear is about Bernie. And all of that is like yeah. the mainstream will, media isn't paying attention to Bernie. I'm like, are you sure? Cause all <laughs> I see on my Twitter feed is Bernie shit. Right. I will gladly vote for Bernie. Yeah. I have voted for Bernie in a yeah, primary, you voted from last but also primary. his supporters are the worst. The wor- and I, <laughs> I retweeted something. I appreciate their passion. They're still I, insane. I do. And I get it. But like, <laughs> This there's this sense of like if you don't support who I support you're a fucking idiot and you're a shill and you're in the pocket of big yeah yeah whatever everything. which is wild because Elizabeth Warren literally has like the same platform as him and I'm already <laughs> seeing people who have their like their handles like hashtag never Warren or the snake thing because have we talked about the thing with Bernie and Warren about how he said. She remembers a conversation that he said he didn't think a woman could win, and he says, no, that never happened. Yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Have we talked about it on the I show? I we've talked about it. Uh, if but we that also totally sounds like something Bernie would say, where it's like, it's risky because a lot of people might be hesitant about voting for a woman, which is kind of true. It's absolutely true. But also, that's a far cry from saying Bernie said a woman can't be elected, I, like or shouldn't be elected or anything like that, yeah, which is substantive. I, I think that that conversation almost certainly happened, and those two people remember it differently because yeah. guess what? It's our memory, not a conspiracy. our memory sucks. And there, I guarantee you, there was a time that Bernie mentioned, "Well, it's probably really hard for a woman to win." And Warren, being, a, being a human, sucks. <laughs> Warren, being a human woman her entire life, is very sensitive to that kind of rhetoric because right. that's all we've heard all our life. Whereas Bernie probably doesn't even remember saying that because it was such an impassing thing. It is not Warren is trying to like fucking cut the knee out from under right. Bernie. It's just 
conversations are and our memories are fucking fallible. And I just go back to not everything is a conspiracy theory. Most people are just incompetent. Yeah, never that's a way assi- better explanation insi- for everything. Never assign evil where incompetence is mm-hmm. probably something like that. Yeah. But like it just. Um, it's, it's disheartening and it's sad and it's genuinely giving me like, uh, like emotional flashbacks to like <laughs> how sad I was in the lead up to the 2016 election because I was so thrilled to have a female candidate. I was thrilled about Hillary and uh, I'm just, and, and at that time people were still like, wait, why can't we get a, an Elizabeth Warren? She's more likable. And now she has the gall yeah, to now she run runs for president and everyone's, and like, everyone's like, yeah, which I, Listen, we'll almost certainly be voting for someone who wasn't our first choice, but it's so much better than the alternative. I don't get to my candidate or bust. That's what I that's what I was trying to say to this woman of like this is not a thing you can say because almost all of us are gonna be voting for a candidate that wasn't our first choice. Almost all of us. And anybody who's on that debate stage right now is gonna be better than better than uh, Trump is right now. So like I will say for Republicans, I am Still kind. I know the Trump cultism stuff is a big deal and we talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked that they had the option. It just took like 20 votes. We could have done it where they could have had Mike Pence, who is everything they want with none of the controversy in terms of the Trump controversy yeah. stuff. They could have had everything they wanted without that drama. Yeah. And they still said no to that. Mm-hmm. It, That's how Trump culty they are. Yeah, that was a bananas thing to watch. Um, also, just a couple like wrap up things. If you're worried about the coronavirus, get your flu <laughs> shot because that's definitely more of a threat to you than the coronavirus. That's just been a thing that's really been bugging me lately. Also, don't use coronavirus as an excuse to be racist against the Chinese. That's <laughs> fucked. I'm sure nobody who's listening to this thinks that, but still. Also, one last thing. Mm-hmm. On uh, Tuesday night, so I uh, captain a rec softball league in uh, in Naperville. And Tuesday night, I went to a meeting that was like, let's discuss the rules and regulations. Of course, I was the only human woman there. There was like <laughs> eight of us. Um, and my softball league, I'm, and I'm talking about this because I talked about it on Twitter and people wanted to hear what had happened, like four of them. So I'm satisfying those four people. So essentially in my softball league, how it stands now is women, there's assigned positions by gender. So women have to play first, men have to play second, women have to play shortstop, men have to play third, et cetera. And so, and you, your lineup has to be guy, girl, guy, girl. And if you ha- are short a girl, you get an out automatically. Okay. And so I went in and everybody's talking about like rain out policies and things like that. I was like, I need to talk about the gender politics of Naperville softball. And went on, like it was a full on friendly <laughs> atheist podcast, Jessica rant about how I almost didn't join the league when I found out about these rules that it necessitates that women are a liability and worse than men. And that sucks. And as a captain, I want to put people where I think they should and like, and genuinely, I think I won my argument, and I felt very good about it. Also, I couldn't stop talking because I was really on a, <laughs> I was really on a roll. Um, I made fun of the dudes on my team who fly out every other like at bat, whereas the women on my team can like put it on the ground and get on base. It was just a lot, of, and like literally, the guy who runs it, who's like a very sweet retiree, who just like he's probably doing this as a volunteer. And he's and like, you made him regret his life choices. That's my brand. Um, <laughs> but I literally, he was like, you know what? Like, I feel like a few years ago, it used to be like, you know, the men were always better than the women, but like some of the women are really good. And I said, I know I'm very talented. 
Because I'm a nightmare person. So in case you're wondering if this is an act that I put on for this show, it's just how I am all the time. It's exhausting. (laughs) I'm exhausted by it. Um, Where do we find you online? uh, You can follow me at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-A-E on Twitter. Um, I'm at Him and Meta. You can, uh, if you want a cross-stitch, I do custom work, or you can pick something out of my store. Um, I'm Etsy.com slash Bitches Get Stitched Done. Um, go to our store, friendlyandthasepodcast.com, click on store, and we've got like a bunch of shirts and I think stuff. a dog Lots bandana, like a mug, some shit like that. So, go so do get a crossword that. tomorrow. Get, do have its crossword tomorrow. Do it. That's I hope you really fail ex- and I hope I stump you all. You're the fucking worst. Yes. Um, is there anything else? Um, I think that's it. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.